Hey guys, I find myself outside the Dakota getting ready to go into Central Park. I'm going to turn on my Instagram live and I'm going to do a little of that podcasting. Just want to remind you that this episode of the OP Radio Podcast is sponsored by BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com, promo code OP to try it for free. And it's sponsored also by a brand new sponsor, Books.com. That's B-O-U-Q-S, Books.com, slash OP, promo code OP for flowers and more. All right, I'm going to go find myself a park bench. It's time, once again, for... All right, there's a lot of people around right now, so i got to say this softly. The OP Radio Podcast. Live on Instagram in the middle of Central Park. Actually, this is uh, Poets Walk for the people that are checking out the Instagram Live. It's been featured in a lot of uh, romantic movies. Yeah, it has been a while. We haven't been live on Instagram since uh, Carl's passing. And I figured it was time to at least uh, start, uh, you know, going live and doing the thing we were doing just before we found uh, out about Carl. How about them Islanders? Yes. You know, it's so funny, I, I'm not even really watching the Islanders, they're my team, I grew up watching them, I had season tickets for like 10 years, and then they went through that drought, and then they moved to Brooklyn, which was such a shitty move in the end, and lo and behold, and then they get rid of John Tavares, is this too much information for everybody, and then it turns out the team's better without John Tavares, and they're one of the best teams in the NHL right now, that's crazy! Anyway, what's going on, man? Bruins? How are the Bruins doing this year? God, I, I don't even know much about hockey this year. That sucks. Been kind of watching the uh, the basketball a lot. Been watching the football. Canucks! Ugh, the Canucks! Are they doing good? I don't, I don't even know. Good morning, Jay in Tampa. How are you? Yeah, it is a beautiful day in New York City. Absolutely. Carl's coming back as a pigeon and he's going to shit on you. <laughs> I will tell you this much, man. Uh, we honestly don't know. Don't say you know because you don't. No one actually knows what happens after you, you after you leave this fine earth of ours. But if there was an afterlife, Carl would come back as a pigeon and shit on my head. That, my friends, I can tell you would prove to me there's an afterlife. So, there you have it. Don't tell me you know what happens. No one knows. What do you think happens uh, when you die? Do you go back into the soil? And then your fertilizer for this fine tree right here in Central Park? Or the grass? What happens? Do you think you're kind of hanging out on a cloud with people that uh, died before you? Is that what you think? What do you think? What do you think? You think we're going to be pleasantly surprised? Or do we just turn off like a damn computer? None of us knows. Nothing lights out. Wow. East Coast with the nothing lights out. I like to think it's not lights out. Don't tell me you know it's lights out. 
That's the beauty of the whole thing. That's the beauty of faith, whatever you're into. We uh, honestly don't know. Is, uh, uh, oh, Jay in uh, Tampa says we, we turn back into stardust. I like that. I honestly think our spirit lives on. There you go, Cedar Ford. I like that. Because I believe that too. I believe that we uh, continue. I really do. But I think we continue in a way that we really can't understand in human terms. Unfortunately. Because we all need to understand in human terms, don't we? But I do believe that. I do believe in the soul. And I do believe when you die, that soul says, I'm out of here. And then what happens to the soul? I don't know. Some people believe it uh, hitches another ride in another human. You want to be eaten by a cow when you die? What's the, Oh, you believe in reincarnation? There you go. You want to be fed to the pigs when you die? What movie was that? What movie was that with Brad Pitt where they fed the dude to the pigs? I forgot the name. I love that stupid movie, too. It's been uh, many, many years since I've seen it. Oh, buddies. Someone's saying I need the shaman again. I got to tell you, since Carl's passing, I... Uh, I've been thinking about dipping back into the shaman, dipping back one more time, because uh, one of the times I was with the shaman, and we were in deep meditation, and he was doing Reiki, and he was brushing me with leaves and tree branches, and we were snorting the Peruvian shit. He said that I, I had a lot of enemies, and in deep meditation, he was shooting arrows at all my enemies, and I kind of liked it. I liked it a lot that I had protection from the shaman. And, uh, you know, Carl made fun of the shaman as well as he should have. And I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of dipping back into the shaman thing. And, and I don't know, maybe he's got something on uh, the Carl. Got something on the Carl and what he's up to now that he's uh, no longer with us. Yeah, I should go shaman. I like that. I like that idea. Do his heroin. Carl said it wasn't heroin. Carl, uh, because I was, I was even concerned after we recorded uh, those podcasts talking about it. And Carl's like, look, man, you didn't do heroin. You can relax on that. I'm like, okay, thank you very much. I'm not going to explain the shaman heroin thing. You could go back and listen to some of the older episodes of the OP Radio podcast, okay? Uh, you miss me and my fishing videos. Well, I got to tell you, my, uh, my fishing kind of was lackluster. Everything turned into lackluster after Carl's passing. It was a long, long haul. When I found out Carl died on September 21st, I knew it was going to be tough, and I knew I had a job to do. I knew there was going to be a lot of people that wanted to jump on the podcast and talk about Carl, their memories, tell stories. I knew a lot of people wanted to laugh and wanted to cry. And finally, two months later, I think we're done with the memorials. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm relieved. I need, I need to kind of put that behind me and, and uh, you know, move forward. You know, we'll never forget Carl, and he'll pop up on this podcast from time to time, that's for sure. But, uh, wow, that was a long two months. I want to thank my wife and my family for uh, putting up with me because it was a lot, man. They heard me uh, editing uh, old audio and getting uh, all teary-eyed and crying because just hearing his voice. But then I felt like I really needed to put a lot of that stuff together. And then, of course, you get the haters. So many people say, it's enough already. I don't know if it's enough already. I think that's up to me and, uh, and Carl's fan base to decide. If you're one of those people going, it's enough already, then you didn't give two fucks about Carl. How about that? I think we ended up doing 10 uh, memorial episodes. 
there were a lot of uh, a lot of people remembering Carl in Miami. And then we started the memorials up here in New York City. We did two at Gephardt's. Then we did two at his restaurant, La Cubana. And then I did three or four out there in California because Guy Fieri put some stuff together. And then I thought that was going to be it. And then Gloria, G-L-O-R-I-A, she um, put together an amazing time at Pig Beach in Brooklyn. People seem to like the Pig Beach episodes, and I really, really appreciate that. Uh, How tough was it listening to Carl's mom? My God, every time I see her, every time I see her, I, I, I say to myself, Oh, go up there and say something that'll take all her pain away. Say something. And every time I tried, it was very obvious to myself and, of course, uh, you know, Carl's mom, that nothing was going to help. I mean, some of the stuff you say helps a little bit in the moment, but it doesn't really take away that pain. It was brutal to see her, but she's a very, very strong lady. And her love for Carl and her other son, George, um, you know, she's a very, very stoic, strong Cuban lady. So there you have it. Jazz it up. I'm spilling my guts out about Carl and all the memorials, and all you have to say is jazz it up, John. Ah, do I miss domestic moments? I kind of do. For the people that don't know, on my old uh, radio show, there's a town on Long Island called Mastic. Mastic and Mastic Beach, right? And oh my God, they had some methy stuff happening all the time in Mastic. So we used to do a feature, domestic moment. And then we would just read one of the crazy things that was happening in, uh, in Mastic. You had a radio show? <laughs> yeah, I had a radio show, all right. I've had many radio shows. Which brings me to this point. I don't, I'm not really sure what to do next. Not really sure what to do next. I really, really enjoyed doing the podcast with Carl. But now i got to figure out uh, what the next move is. Anyone have any ideas? Do I miss the Boston days? I, I really do miss the Boston days. I loved, loved my time up in Boston. And I can't believe it's been a few years now since I've even gone back to visit. I should go up there and do, uh, do a few podcasts with some of the old folks up there. I'm sure uh, Bruce Mittman is still rolling around up there in his giant SUV, even though he's like five foot tall. He was my uh, general manager up there. He didn't understand fully what he had when me and Anthony uh, showed up at his door, took advantage of us, didn't pay us properly, but fucking loved the guy because he also uh, supported the show and supported our uh, right to free speech and to do whatever the hell we wanted on the radio show as long as we didn't break FCC regulations. But then when it came down to pay us, he was a dick. And that's when I decided, Anthony... We're moving on to the big time. And that's when I got ourselves fired and got us to New York City. And I've been here ever since. You're listening from Portugal, Mace? And you love me? All right, I like that. Hey, thanks for doing all this for Carl. I never met him, but it felt like uh, I knew him. The chemistry between you two was genuine. Our chemistry was ridiculous. This will piss off a lot of people, but, you know... I'm about honesty. Me and Anthony had really good chemistry, don't get me wrong. And we had a great run. A great run that most people will not even come close to. As long as they do radio shows and podcasts and live streams and all that crap. 
But me and Carl had better chemistry. He is going to be missed so, so much. That would be a good trip down memory lane to go to Boston. Yeah, I should go to Boston, do some podcasts, because i got to, like, kind of kind of find my way once again. I obviously want to continue, but once again, I'm at the crossroads. Been doing this a very, very long time. Started on college radio, playing all the cool music, man. Playing the music that regular radio didn't have the balls to play, man. Actually, the first uh, radio show I had was, uh, what was it called? WGBC, I think. Where's Buzzy when I need him? He would know. And it was a little AM that only reached the dorms in Geneseo. That's how my career started. And we were playing the records, man. We were playing a lot of the B-sides. We're like, regular radio plays this side. Let's flip it over and play this side. Hopefully you and Ann can be civil someday. Oh, my God. I haven't seen Anthony in five and a half years. Let it go! Although they can't let it go. I'll tell you a little story. So, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Time to welcome a new sponsor to the Opie Radio Podcast. We're talking about books.com. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com. Books.com slash Opie. Use the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. It's about flowers. It's about holiday gifts. It's about decorations for your house. Books.com, they have all that because the holiday season is here. And like every year, I'm in a complete and utter panic just like yourself because I do everything last minute. I need flowers. I need a wreath. I need decorations. I need gifts. And I need them now. And Books.com is definitely making it easier this year. Books is short for bouquets, but these aren't your typical flowers. Books are sustainably grown and cut fresh from the world's finest eco-friendly farms, even farms on the sides of volcanoes. Wow, really? I just read that for the first time. No, I didn't. All flowers are sourced directly so they stay fresher longer. And you can also get your holiday wreaths, fresh flowers, plants, and gifts starting at just $39. Oh, that guy likes books.com. Look at that, on cue. Easy gifts for the holidays, birthdays, or just because. They even have flower subscriptions. Oh, yeah. Uh, They have great Cyber Monday deals going on right now. 25% off. Check them out for yourself at books.com slash Opie. That's B-O-U-Q-S, books.com slash Opie. Promo code Opie. I'm loving these guys. They sent me flowers, and man, they're really, really nice. And who doesn't love flowers? You know good things come in flower packages. Celebrate life's moments with Farm Fresh Books. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com. Books dot com slash Opie. Promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. And welcome aboard. Opie Radio. Uh, So Carl dies. His body's not even cold yet. And, uh... Ant's people are reaching out to me. And then they, uh, they said, uh, sorry about Carl, K-A-R-L, but the time is right for an Opie and Anthony reunion. I looked at this text message like, you're fucking insane. The guy's body isn't even cold yet. And then, you know, that old gag, they offered me half the company and blah, blah, blah. And you don't even have to really like each other. And there's so much money to be had, blah, blah, blah. You could do your own show and then you do a little something with it every once in a while. I don't fault them. I mean, obviously on paper that sounds like a good idea. 
But it's been five and a half years. Those people have no idea what I've been up to. They have no idea that uh, I've changed dramatically and that, unfortunately, that just isn't going to work anymore. It's just simply not going to happen for many reasons. I can honestly say that uh, Anne and his network has brought so much hate into me and my family's life that it, it's made it impossible to do anything, any, anything with him moving forward. And there was a time I tried after all the drama, after he got fired and we were taking some phone calls... And the phone calls went well, and that could have led to something maybe. And then, you know, then I didn't join his network at the time. And then, you know, they quickly went back to hating me. Like, that quickly. So, that's the answer to the people that are wondering if that's the next step for me. It, it's, it's not going to happen. I can honestly say I have pretty much everyone blocked that works for Compound Media. And most of these people I've never met in my life, but they felt like they had a hate on me. And I know that upsets people because ONA was so important to them, and I get that. I understand that responsibility. I really do. But that was a long time ago at this point. A long time ago. And people still enjoy ONA on YouTube, and that's great. It's a lot of great stuff there. But to be honest with you, you go to YouTube, you listen to ONA stuff, you're only going to hear the, you know, the best of the best when we're all firing on all cylinders and the chemistry was right. You know, most of the really bad radio wasn't really posted on YouTube. So people's memories are such where, you know, they click on something on YouTube and they think, oh my God, these guys could still do it. But, you know, if you were a faithful listener back then, you, you would know that the show wasn't that good the last bunch of years before Anthony got fired. So I should try another podcast with Bubba. Thought your chemistry was good. Yeah, Bubba the Love Sponge. That was such a surprise. And, you know, I'm coming back into reality. I'm coming back into focus because the last two months have been really, really crazy. I started this new concept with the podcast where I was just kind of wandering around New York like I'm doing now and talking and, you know, interacting with um, the pod squad. And uh, so I did a few wandering around New York City shows. And then I took the chance and I went on Bubba the Love Sponge's show and I was pleasantly surprised how cool he was. I know a lot of people have a problem with Bubba. Certainly we did back in the day. And, you know, I went on his show without the gloves on and decided, let's see what this is all about. And we ended up just laughing and giggling like idiots. Two old, worn-out shock jocks just laughing about the past. And uh, I think that was a really, really good episode. I'm just going to laugh at that. Did Norton have something to do with Carl's death? (laughs) Oh, Jim Norton. A very, very bitter, unhappy man. I don't know why he's still bitter and unhappy. He literally took the Opie and Anthony show uh, away from me and Anthony. Someday Anthony will understand that, too. Literally took it away from us. Took it from us right under our noses. He's doing a terrible, terrible version of the Opie and Anthony show. He's got uh, what's left of our fan base over there at SiriusXM. And he still obsesses and takes his dumb, stupid shots at me. Oh, God. Oh, that's what you liked about the Bubba the Love Sponge uh, episode? Yeah. And and it sells the episode. You guys got into a lot of the behind-the-scenes drama about the ONA slash Howard rivalry. That was good. Thank you. I mean, I got, I got to understand where my place is in the shock jock world. Like, unfortunately, 
Howard is, uh, you know, on the top of the pyramid. I, I never thought he was as good as, as his success, but whatever, got to give it to him. And then the second level was like shows like me and Anthony, even though we were nipping at Howard's heels. If we could have just figured out our issues, me and Anthony back in the day, we would have taken over Howard. We did try. We had phone calls. I remember, like, we wouldn't talk for a year straight, and then it would finally get to a point where we would get on the phone together, and we'd work out our shit and say, all right, man, we're going to try harder. And, you know, we would be laughing on the phone like the old days, like we were still in Boston. And then, like, it quickly just went back to pretty much not liking each other, unfortunately. And, And through that whole time... We were nipping at Howard's heels. Nipping. We were so fucking close. Uh, But anyway, where was I? Oh, shock jocks. Okay, so, got to put Howard at the top. Although I I believe we were, like, uh, number one on the second level. But uh, it was shows like Bubba the Love Sponge. It was Don and Mike. It was Opie and Anthony. It was Man Cow. You know, you could throw, like, a Grease Man in there, possibly. And a lot of those shows, when they got the chance kissed Howard's ass and I never understood that and Bubba was one of those guys because there was a time Bubba was taking his shots at Howard as well and as well he should have because that's just kind of what you do with the whole shock jock thing and then like he got on serious and then he felt like he had to like fight Howard's battles and stuff and I never understood that I always felt like you had to be your own person your own man and we kind of talked about that type of stuff on that episode so you should check it out Howard re-signs stealing your bits I don't know what that means I'll be honest, I've said it before, but no one's talking about Howard out here. I mean, no one's talking about me out here either. But I understand that. I mean, Howard's making stupid money, and you walk these streets in New York, and no one is talking about his show. I mean, nobody. And they lie about his numbers. I'd be surprised if he's talking to more than 200,000 people a week. That's a huge number, by the way, especially if you're podcasting. But, you know, he used to talk to millions I would bet that number is somewhere around 200,000 um, a week. Don't let them fool you by saying, I talk to 10, 20 million you know, people. It's just not true. That's being generous. You think he's talking to less, Jeremy? Yeah, I think that is generous. But it's not millions. I could guarantee that. I, I, would, I would bet like literally $100,000. I would take that bet tomorrow that Howard's not talking to millions of people a week. That is just not even close to true. You would like to see me doing a trip around the states doing podcasts on small... Oh, man, the, the comments are going by really fast. But you, I, I kind of would love to like travel around and do podcasts, but I got a family. I got a family that I, I, I really like being with. And honestly, there were many years there that uh, I, didn't, I, I wasn't completely present with my, uh, my wife and kids because the stress of that old radio show was just getting the best of me, unfortunately. Um, so that's kind of a dilemma because I wouldn't mind traveling around a little bit, but I also don't want to be away from my family too much. So I guess you just want to piss me off. You should work with Sam Roberts. Ugh. I honestly could tell you that I think Sam is the worst out of all of them. The guy went on vacation with my family. He was at family functions. He was in the hospital when both my kids were born. And for him to do what he did a few years ago is just unforgivable to be honest with you i think he's a very very damaged person and i also told him the last text i i when all that shit was going down i told him he was making a huge mistake because jimmy brings everybody down in the end because jimmy doesn't really give a fuck about anybody and sam had his own show 
had his own fan base. I don't like the dude at all, but he does know how to build a, uh, an audience and a show. And he let all that go to take a shortcut to do the radio show with uh, Jimmy. And one of the last text messages to him was basically saying, you're making a huge mistake. Sam's a sellout. Yeah, Sam's a lot of things. I've never been more disappointed in a human being than I have with Sam Roberts. Terrible. I mean, here's a guy when Anthony got fired. I'm going to refresh everyone's memory. He ran over to my house, told me, well, we've had, had many discussions about how toxic Jim was and that, look, Ant's gone. You know, uh, you should move on without Jimmy as well. Start fresh. Actually, the advice was really good if you think about it because I had to move on without Anthony at the time and Jimmy had no desire to make it work. But he wanted uh, the big money he was getting. He got a nice raise after Anthony left and he wanted to keep his fan base, but he had no desire to make uh, the Opie and Jim show work. None whatsoever. So I guess in a way Sam was was, uh, correct. But then he turns around and uh, blows off what he was building at Sirius and... uh, takes the shortcut whatever water under the bridge but sometimes this stuff does come up i'm in a much better happier place well i was in a much better happier place and then carl you know leaves us god damn it oh we were on to something but more importantly i had a really good friend why not talk about the future not the shit past you're right but sometimes to move on, you know, you got to kind of look uh, back at the past a little bit. That's all. I guess this started with the the fact that um, as soon as Carl died, uh, Anthony's company, Compound Media, reached out to me to, you know, try to figure something out. And and I just c- could not do that. I, for myself, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for Carl. I wouldn't be able to look at uh, my fan base. They'd be like, oh, my God, you're this desperate that Carl dies and you run back to Anthony? I couldn't do it. And notice uh, I said Anthony's company, Compound Media, because, you know, Anthony doesn't get involved with any of this stuff. Because then when it goes bad or I say no, he could easily just tell everyone, look, I, 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 I had nothing to do with that. That was Keith. That was Keith trying to make that work. But you're right. I think the people that do follow me and listen to my podcast, they know in general that uh, I have moved, uh, moved onward. I like you, Rachel. Rachel's one of my, uh, I would just say this, even though we've never met. Rachel's one of my friends, and she supports uh, me and my podcast, and she's in the room every morning when we do those Facebook Lives from my uh, windowsill. And she said, uh, you will land on your feet and find your direction. What's that I hear? I believe that's the mating call of the boner. This is a perfect time to talk about one of my favorite sponsors on the Opie Radio podcast. That would be BlueChew.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. You spell blue, B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com. Nothing says boner like a saxophone. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. B-L-U-E. BlueChew.com. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra 
and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Oh, Oh, he's back. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all... There's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use your special promo code OP. That's O-P-I-E. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Spell out blue, B-L-U-E. BlueChew.com. Promo code OP to try it for free. BlueChew is better, cheaper, faster. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We leave you now with the sounds of a boner. Yeah, I saw they uh, fired Don Cherry. It's really interesting because I talked about Don Cherry on Twitter and wow, my God, people came out of the woodworks. People that get offended by everything. I don't give a fuck what Don Cherry says. I don't give a fuck what he says on live broadcasts or or in his personal life. He was entertaining as all hell. You know, companies will put up with a lot. And then if the if the personality isn't as important anymore, the ratings are dropping and all that, then they find that excuse to fire him. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were already thinking about moving in a, another direction. And then Don Cherry said what he said. It outraged a lot of people. And then the company makes believe it was so outrageous they can't go on with the guy and they fire him. Like I said, I, I, I think they probably were looking in, in another direction before Don Cherry uh, said what he said. Don Cherry just made it easier for them to, to move on to the next thing. So it's all bullshit. It really is. Back in the day when me and Anthony were getting in so much trouble with the media and special interest groups. We had a gay group after us once. We had uh, the National Organization of Women after us once. I'm sure some kind of transgender group over the years. We had an Asian group after us. And, uh, yeah, publicly they would scold us and do the right thing and tell everyone, you know, we're, we're paying close attention to this situation. And we gave them a warning and we suspended them and uh, they will not be doing this again. Blah, 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 blah. And then behind closed doors, they basically were high-fiving us. They'd be like, look, we don't want to suspend you. We told everyone we're suspending you without pay, but we're going to pay every single dollar. Don't worry about it. Go away. Go down the Caribbean for a week or two and let this kind of blow over. And that's how that shit works. Until your star starts to fall from the sky a little bit. And then that same shit that they would say, hey, keep that shit up. That's working. The ratings are great. We're getting more advertising dollars because you're so controversial. All of a sudden, when that starts to falter, then the same shit they loved about you, they now uh, use to, to fire you. That's been going on for a very, very long time. It's all bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. Oh, we even pissed off the Jimmy Fund up there in Boston. That, that's one of my favorite stories ever. So, me and Anthony, we did a CD called Demented World. And we wanted to do the right thing and give back a little bit. 
bullshit. The company decided to do the right thing and give a little back. I'm here to say we weren't making enough money that we had just throw away cash for charities and stuff, to be honest. Although I'm very charitable, but at the time, you know, that wasn't on the top of my mind because I, I needed to make more money. Is one reason why we blew our shit up and, and said the mayor died so we could, you know, go to a much bigger gig. But anyway, they're like, if you're doing this CD, we want to give some money to charity. So they started, like, calling all these charities in Boston. And one of them was the Jimmy Fund, which is a massive, massive fund up there in Boston. And they do great things. I'm not, I'm not bitching about what they do. They help kids with cancer. And I'm like, you know what, that's a, that's a great charity, yes. Some of the money from our CD, we'll give it to uh, the Jimmy Fund. I think it was something like 25 cents per CD or a dollar, I can't remember anymore. The Jimmy Fund actually said no because of our reputations. They didn't want to take money from Opie and Anthony, those two shock jocks. Now that Demented World CD sold crazy, crazy amounts. They would have made a nice... You know, a, a nice chunk of change from us. Uh, and they said no. They basically said no to free money because of our reputations. <laughs> That's insane, man. So anyway, uh, yeah. But over the years, we would get in trouble and we'd have to sit down with a gay group. And, you know, we're not homophobes. And we definitely support uh, most of the letters. <laughs> a lot here there's too many letters now but in general i support most of the letters and i know back in the day i don't know much about anthony these days but back in the day he also supported most of the letters you know but we also felt like if we're shock jocks we get, we're gonna you know we're gonna like take the piss out of a lot of stuff and we had some kind of gay bit the gay groups up there in boston got really really mad and then uh bruce mittman made us sit down with uh this gay group and they were scolding us, and Bruce was just playing his part. He would put a frown on his face, like, you listen to these these people. They know what they're talking about. You need to be educated on gay issues. And then the guy, like, pulls out books and pamphlets. He gave us homework assignments. He wanted us to read these books. And then we were going to meet with them again so we could talk about what we read. And that's when Bruce basically said, all right, enough, enough, enough. I think they understand what's going on. They don't need to read the books. Blah, blah, blah. Um, They won't do it again. We'll be watching them closely. Thank you so much for educating my boys. Blah, blah, blah. We all shook hands. Uh, And then I quickly washed my hands thoroughly. No, just kidding. (laughs) And then then they left. And the first thing Bruce said, he looks me and Anthony in the eye and goes, Okay, Uh, did you learn your lesson, boys? And he's kind of smirking. And at that point, I'm like, You son of a bitch. You're playing your part here. And then I'll never forget it. He goes, boys, just go back into that studio and do exactly what you've been doing because it's working. I'm like, wow. Wow, this is all just a game. It's all just a game. Creamy Butters, it's not L-G-B-T-O-N-A. <laughs> Very good, man. All right, all right, Jerry. He goes, you sat down with gay groups? <laughs> all right. Where did you sit, you fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, man. And then there was a time we got in trouble with the mayor up there, the, the the April Fool's prank. I don't know why I'm going down memory lane. This wasn't what I was going to talk about today, but it's kind of fun. We were in deep trouble. The mayor was trying to get us fired. The radio company, they knew how important we were. They were trying to 
do everything to not get us fired. And uh, Bruce Mittman thought, because he knew all like the tabloids up there, and he set it up. He found out where Mayor Menino was going to be. And this fucking guy, and because he's so short, five foot two, like I said earlier, he hides in a bush like a fucking assassin. And Mayor Menino, this was after the whole April Fool's prank where we said, you know, he died in a car accident. And Bruce picks his spot. He's lying in wait. The mayor comes out of his function. And Bruce Mittman pops out of a bush. He's feet from uh, the mayor of Boston. Reaches out his hand. The mayor has no idea who this midget is. And you're allowed to say midget because Brad Williams told me I can. I love little people. I'm a big fan of uh, Little People, Big World. I hope the show comes back. We're a little nervous in my home that it might be over. So Bruce pops out of the bush, puts his hand out. The mayor doesn't know if this is a supporter, has no idea, and just shakes his hand. And Bruce had it set up ahead of time. In the other bush was a photographer (laughs) that took Bruce's picture of him shaking the hand of the mayor. And then their, their attempt was... That, look, the mayor's okay with what happened with Opie and Anthony. See, he apologized. And the mayor, you can see in the picture, he's shaking his hand. The mayor is accepting Bruce Mittman's apology for what Opie and Anthony did. It didn't work. So that, oh, well, the pie thing. But we could talk about the pie thing another day. Because then all of a sudden they start setting up all sorts of charities. And they had uh, me and Anthony deliver all these pies. Literally a pallet of pies. Because... Bruce Mittman. I guess I'm telling all this. I didn't mean to. This was going to be quick. I mean, God bless Bruce Mittman because he was trying to save our asses. But he was trying to save our asses because we were making him so much money up there in Boston. So he's like, all right, I got to figure out how I show Boston that these guys are really, really good guys. So he uh, calls the mayor's office and he goes, look, the boys are sorry. Let's have a little fun with what happened. We'll put them in stocks like the old days because it's Boston in the middle of Faneuil Hall and you could throw pies at their face and then their fans could line up. Everyone that's mad in Boston could line up and just throw pies in Opie and Anthony's faces all afternoon. I told uh, Bruce and our old program director, Dave, I said, there's no fucking way I'm doing this. I'd rather get fired than humiliated in this fashion. And to Anthony's credit, he was right there with me. He's like, yeah, we're not fucking doing this. So then Bruce is like, well, how do I spin this? And I just spent all this money on pies. And the holiday is right around the corner. This could be more great press. And I could get the Boston Herald and their photographer. And they could take all sorts of pictures with Opie and Anthony and their pies. And we could give it to a charity. And then everyone in Boston's like, Oh, they're just wacky shock jocks. They fucked up. But look, their hearts are in the right place. <sighs> so we went along with that and brought the pies, because he now had the pies, to a, uh, to a hospital for uh, very, very sick kids. Very sick kids. And we're sitting there like, oh, my God. This is what I was thinking. And I'm sure Anthony would say the same thing. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, are we actually taking advantage of sick kids to save our fucking jobs this is insane and i'm getting madder and madder but the kids are kind of happy because we're there with the pies and then this i'll never forget this little girl was uh, singing her oh god (sighs) 
I'm an emotional wreck these days, so hopefully I could get through this. But all right, so this this little girl is singing Christmas carols, and she's singing her fucking lungs out, and uh, just picture like Cindy Lou Who, and I, and I'm like, wow, this this girl's got a beautiful, or this little girl has a beautiful voice, and then I'm standing next to someone, and they're basically saying, you know, she's got a great voice, doesn't she? And I'm like, yeah, really a wonderful voice, my God, how's she doing? And then this woman, I'll never forget it. She goes, she leans down and whispers to me. She goes, this is going to be her last Christmas. And I'm like, what the fuck? And at that point, I'm like, we're, we're, we're out of here. So, you know, we did what we had to do. And then I basically told Bruce and everybody else, I'm like, enough. This shit ain't worth it. If we're going to get fired, we're going to get fired. This is all a fucking scam. To the credit of uh, the kids at the hospital, they, they took away from it that it was just a great little day for them where they were singing Christmas carols and got, you know, free pies and a lot of attention that day. But this is the insane stuff that has gone on with uh, my career. Oh, so then, um, yeah, just to bring it all around, these are some of my go-to stories, I understand. But what I'm finding out through the podcast is that Although I have a bunch of people that came from the O&A days, I have a lot of people that um, really don't know the Opie and Anthony years. So we had that CD, Demented World, and the Jimmy Fund said, hell no, we're not taking your free money, even if it's going to help you know, kids with cancer, because you guys are terrible people. And then other people said, no, I wish I had a list. That would be really funny just to tweet out the list of people that said no to free money to help their cause. And then it came down to the... Oh, what was the name of the fucking group? It was basically the Minority Veterans Group. So basically, black black men and women that fought in Vietnam said, we'll take your money. They were a very niche charity slash group. We raised a shitload of money through Demented World. And it was time to present the check. Bruce hates when I tell this story, but it's the truth. And, uh... Me and Anthony are in the middle of doing our afternoon show there at AAF. The only station that really rocks. And uh, Bruce comes in with a giant check. I wish I could remember the amount. It was, it was a healthy amount. And basically said to me and Anthony, because because of us, he was always having to do things he just didn't want to do. Because all he wanted to do was collect all the money that me and Anthony were making for the radio station. And jump in his giant Suburban with the rope ladder so he could get into the driver's seat and go play golf and uh he goes thanks to you guys once again i can't play golf today because i gotta deliver this check to the schwoogies exact quote and it was just a giant giant check because everything had to be over the top with him when it came to like doing the right thing for me <laughs> me and anthony <laughs> uh screw anyone saying they're tired of the old o a stories I would understand if I, I was telling the uh, old, you know, the ONA stories every time out, but I just pepper them in because it was such a crazy ass run. I know I said some shitty things earlier on the podcast about Anthony, but I'll say this: I think after doing that show for so many years, we just wore each other out. Unfortunately, it was a good run, a great run. I honestly wish I enjoyed it a lot more than I did. Uh, gave me a great life, financial freedom. But in the end, we just wore each other out, which in a lot of ways is kind of sad, but what are you going to do? I honestly don't even listen to the old ONA stuff. I couldn't tell you the last time I clicked on something that was ONA related. 
I hope uh, I get to a point eventually where I could kind of listen to the old stuff and kind of just chuckle and remember it fondly. But at this point, I just can't. Keep doing what you're doing. Been doing this since I was 18. That's a hater, everybody. Let's give uh, Go Gonzo Joe some credit for being a hater because that's his whole life. He needs to hate. When people say, uh, been doing this since I was 18 because I've said that a lot. I don't know. I don't know why that's a slam by repeating that back to me, but I guess it is. But yeah, I've been doing this a really fucking long time. I knew this is what I wanted to do when I was listening to radio shows out of New York when I was a kid and started practicing in my uh, in my room. It was kind of an escape for me because we had kind of a crazy household. So what do you do? You listen to the radio and yeah, and all of a sudden you feel like you're part of something. And then, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to start doing this at 18. Yeah, I'm proud of that, actually. So if you want to use that against me, I, I guess. Good for you. Good for you. Ride the scooter. I, I, I'm a big fan of the electric scooters. I don't know if your city or town has them yet, but wow. Awesome. They are a great way to get around New York City. Dangerous as all fuck, but... Me and my family, we went down to Washington, D.C. Oh, by the way, I got to I gotta upload that. Ooh, ooh, I got to upload that to my podcast feed. Uh, the band episode. Uh, I loved my time at Westwood One. Did a year there. But it's pretty obvious after a year we weren't helping each other out. So mutually we decided to go in other directions. I still have a lot of friends over there. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. But the one problem that Westwood One had, and I was very surprised by this. So when I went to Washington and discovered how great the electric scooters are with my family, I also did an episode down there. And I went to the White House, and I was talking to these guys that had been holding court outside the White House for, I forgot, but many, many, many years. And they're, and they're very versed on all the topics that everyone likes to argue about. So if you're going to argue with those people down there outside the White House... Make sure you do your homework because they will destroy you in a debate. Whether you agree or disagree with their side, they're just well informed. They were talking about Trump and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, Alex Jones shows up with a bullhorn and, and caused quite the commotion. It was insane. And I, I was trying to get Alex Jones officially on the podcast. I couldn't because with the megaphone, he, would, he really wanted to make his point and yell and scream at the White House and yell and scream at Trump even though Trump couldn't hear one word of what he was saying. And then these guys that hold court outside the White House, they got involved and they were debating Alex Jones. And the whole thing was amazing. And I captured the whole damn thing. And I was so excited to put it out on my podcast. And uh, Westwood One got really nervous. This is the only problem I had in a year. The only one, which is a miracle because everywhere I went over the years, I, I had so many problems. So maybe because of therapy, I have less problems. They basically came to me and said, hey, man, we, uh, we don't want that episode out. And I'm like, what? It, it, it was going to be one of my best episodes uh, at the time. And I really thought it was going to get, you know, a little bit of a buzz. Because at, at that time, it was like April, Alex Jones was really, really hot. And he was in the news for being banned from all sorts of social media. And I had to bite my lip because I was really frustrated because I'm like, this is kind of nuts. I, nothing's going to happen if I put this episode out except maybe we get a little buzz and maybe we get higher you know, downloads than we, we get for uh, 
a normal episode. So we came to an agreement that I could release it on YouTube. The one that's on my podcast feed is just okay. So I think what I'm going to do is uh, upload that episode, how it was supposed to be heard. I'll do that in the next, uh, you know, between now and the end of the year. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. But if you want to jump ahead, and I'm sure a few of you have, uh, it is on my YouTube channel, Opie Radio. Ooh, got some drummers. You know what? That's how this podcast is going to end. I'm going to walk and uh, get the drummers on my podcast. Patrice O'Neill. Uh, I'm going to be on the uh, Patrice O'Neill documentary um, on Comedy Central. I talked to those guys like a couple weeks ago. Patrice was just a monster. Just a monster in the comedy world. I mean, there are guys out there doing very, very well. But I, I still don't see anyone that comes close to what Patrice was able to do on that stage. My God. His angle and his take on things were just second to none. He would come up with these concepts. And, I, and you would sit there, in my case, you know, I'm running a radio show. And I would be just be looking at him in amazement like, holy fuck, what a brilliant take. Then you you were convinced, and I don't know this, you know, for sure. Then you're convinced that he was just making it up as he goes along. Or was he? Was he sitting around in that apartment thinking of some of these things and then waiting for the time to unleash them on the world? I mean, there were many times when I would see him in a comedy club. How much of this material is he just making up on the spot? But that was the brilliance of Patrice because he could either have been well-prepared or was he just making it up? And you honestly didn't know when you were sitting there. But you, you knew one thing. He was fucking pretty much one of the funniest people to ever do it. So it'll be, it'll be fun to be part of that documentary. Looking forward to that. He is, uh, he is missed. His angle on Trump. Oh, could you imagine? The one thing about Trump, whether you like him or, or don't, if you like Trump, the majority of people that like Trump will not take a joke about Trump. Which frustrates me because I think, you, you know, you should be able to take jokes about your guy. And then people like, in my case, if I make fun of Trump, then that means I'm a Democrat and I don't make fun of the other side. And that's just not true. I think the Democrats are in deep trouble with this election coming up. I mean, Bloomberg is now running. I think Pete uh, Buttigieg figured it was time to say his name correctly. I think he has the best shot, the be- believe it or not, the best shot, but then he's got the gay thing. Um, I mean, people in New York are fine with the gay thing, but there's a lot of states in our fine union that aren't fine with the gay thing, so that could be a problem. But I think Biden's too old and stammering, and at any moment his teeth are going to fall out of his mouth, and I, 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 don't, I don't see anyone I like on that side. Oh, my God. My Instagram live is ending in five seconds. Guys opiradio.com for all your merch that went well but now I'm talking uh, to myself now I'm just awkwardly talking to myself that was fun though man anyway the Patrice O'Neill documentary yeah I'm going to be a part of that so my point is that uh, comedians that make jokes about Trump or the other side people get really really mad because they can't take a joke about them their guy I think if Patrice O'Neill was alive he would be the exception. I think his stuff would have been so brilliant on, tr- on Trump that people actually would have accepted it, even if they were huge Trump supporters. I really believe that he would have got Trump supporters to just not take it so seriously and to laugh at all the crazy-ass shit 
that Trump has done since uh, becoming our president. There you go. There's my two cents on that. Oh, one other thing, because you guys love the inside baseball. Um, (laughs) So Comedy Central calls me for the Patrice O'Neill documentary. And they go, uh, so we're hoping that you... No. Stop the mid-sentence. I said, no. Basically, they... uh, they wanted me and Anthony to do our interview together. And I haven't seen Anthony in five and a half years. I don't intend to see him anytime soon. And I certainly know that that would be impossible to sit next to him for the Patrice O'Neill documentary and talk about Patrice. That wouldn't work. They said, you know what? We still want to talk to you. And I'm like, all right, cool. I appreciate that. Because I, I was sort of worried, but if it came down to it, if they said it's either you and Anthony together or you can't be part of this, I would have I would have basically had to say, all right, good luck to you. All right, guys, Opie Radio Podcast. Did a lot today. Go to opiradio.com for all your merch. The holiday season is upon us, so give the Opster a little peek. Maybe a few bucks. For the podcast fan, we got uh, shirts and hats available right now at opiradio.com. Join the pod squad on Facebook. There's a link to their group in the description of this episode. And I think that's about it. We're going to end with the drummer in Central Park. to the world that this is a fiver for you. Okay. Happy holidays.